If you have your Bible this morning, turn over to the book of Acts. We're going to be reading in Acts chapter 10. We're going to start in verse 34. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word I say ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, who they slew and hanged on a tree. Him God raised up the third day and showed Him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us, who did eat and drink with Him after He rose from the dead. And He commanded us to preach unto the people. Now y'all listen. He commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is He which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. To Him give all the prophets witness. Through His name, whosoever believeth in Him shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Now I'm going to have you read another scripture with me. Turn to Acts chapter 19. Starting in verse 1. And it came to pass while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples... He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Boy, he was straightforward, wasn't he? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on Him which should come after Him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. 
Now, I've shared that, those two sets of scriptures with you today because I want you to see a few things. Who here can tell me what the Great Commission is? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now I've seen, I've listened and sat through a whole lot of sermons. And I've seen and sit through and listened to a whole lot of them that didn't have any worth whatsoever when I left. Oh, they were eloquent. Man, it sounded good, but when I left there, I left the same way it was when I came in. There's three things that the apostles, disciples, went forward doing after they received the Holy Ghost. Number one, they preached Jesus. They preached Jesus crucified and risen from the dead. They preached that everywhere they went. The first thing they did was talk to somebody about Jesus. The second thing is they preached being baptized. You see, what did Paul say? Have you received the Holy Ghost once you believed? And then he asked them, well, what was the baptism you were under? Because see, the, the prerequisites were receive Jesus, be baptized. And the third thing was be filled with the Holy Ghost. Why was it so important that Paul asked them that? What, was, what did he say? He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? He didn't beat around the bush, did he? He didn't say, was it necessary that you received it? He said, have you received it since you believed? Because, see, it was important that they did. Now, you can believe what you want to about the Bible. There's a whole lot of commentaries, even some of the ones I use, that try to say this all ceased at a certain point. But I'm here to tell you all today, that is not what the Bible teaches me about my God that I serve. My, my God. My God. The one I serve. The one I hold so dear to my heart. Because listen, I ain't going to serve just any God. Listen, if I'm going to serve a God, if I'm going to bow my knee, this may sound kind of prideful, but y'all understand what I'm talking about. If I'm going to bow my knee to a God, and I'm going to submit myself to Him, He better be all powerful. Hmm? He better be able to do something nobody else can. He better be consistent. He better be faithful. You see, the Word tells me that my God doesn't change. The Word tells me that He is without variableness. He's not fickle. He don't float from one thing to the next thinking, well, maybe we'll do it this way this time. That's not the way God works. You see, the Holy Ghost was given for a specific reason, y'all. And y'all think what you want to about the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you straight today. If you're living without it, you're living in lack. If you're living without it, you're living without power. If you're living without it, you're not able 
to go about the Great Commission. Because see, that's what Paul said was important. He talked to these people that were disciples, right? They had received Jesus. Obviously, there must have been a little conversation before this for him to know that, unless God revealed it to him. But the first thing he asked them was, Have you received the Holy Ghost? Why? Because it's that important. Because it is that important. I am not trying to scare anybody today. I want you to live victorious. And I'm trying to tell you every time I get up here, and you know, y'all may run me off before this is over with. I'm trying to tell you every time I get up here, if you're living without it, you're living in lack. You don't have to live that way. This, this is a wonderful gift that God gave you. It ain't nothing to be afraid of. It's, it is your source of power. Your source. You know what that tells me? Without it, I have no power. Without it, I have no power. I've had the quote-unquote privilege throughout my life to sit in many church services where there was no anointing. Y'all, I don't know how people get anything out of that at all. I, I, don't, I don't understand. And it may just be my upbringing. I don't know. Y'all tell me if I sound foolish. But what I'm trying to tell you is when you go sit down in a church service and you sit there and you listen, even though the guy quotes a scripture every now and then, and you get nothing out of it. What's the point? Now, I ain't going to be too hard on preachers because, like I told y'all last week, you're all preachers. See, that great commission wasn't to a select few. That That great commission says, go into all the world and preach, preach, preach the gospel. He didn't say preachers and pastors go into all the world and preach the gospel. It was pretty all inclusive, wasn't it? It's a pretty broad statement. It covers a whole lot. So we need to get out of this mentality that it's somebody else's responsibility. I want you all to understand that as a Christian today, you have a responsibility. Huh? Ain't nobody told you that in a while, have they? Ain't nobody told you that, have they? You thought this was all about you, didn't you? I'm going to tell you all, I'm going to be real blunt today. There's very little of it that's about you. See, that's just the opening scene. That's just the opening scene. When you accept Jesus into your heart, you have salvation. You have forgiveness of your sins. Remission of sins, as the Scripture said. That's just the beginning. You see, there's a whole lot more that comes after that. And it ain't about you. It ain't about you. Otherwise, why would He say go into all the world? You see, because there's others that need to hear. But I want y'all to understand, you ain't got no business going out there until you receive the Holy Spirit. And you may think that's crazy. 
But if it's so crazy, why did Jesus tell those disciples to wait? Huh? Answer me that. He said, tarry in Jerusalem until the Spirit has come upon you. Hmm? Makes sense, don't it? Why? Because that's your source of power. See, I'm, I'm, I'm simple, y'all. I'm not complicated at all. It takes very little to, to please me. It takes very little to make sense to me. It doesn't have to be a big, drawn-out, elaborate thing. This one thing I know. You've got to be saved. You've got to be baptized. And if you're ever going to do anything for God, you need the Spirit. Amen. As some people say, the Holy Ghost. Let's not change it just because we feel like it sounds a little smoother. Now why am I telling you all this today? Well, I'm going to tell you telling you for, my, for several reasons. Number one, because everybody needs to hear this. But number two, because this church has a purpose. And it ain't to sit here on Sunday mornings and Sunday evenings and Wednesday nights. That is, that's just to feed you. You see, what that tells you is, is that there's work to be done those other days. There's something that we, and I include myself, there's something that we ought to be doing the other five days of the week. This is to feed you. This is to exhort you. This is to correct you if you need correcting. See, if it's truly from the Holy Ghost, it'll be all right. You'll say, yeah, that's right. I don't want to hear it, but that's right. Y'all, I want y'all to understand this Christian life is very, very serious business. I want y'all to understand. I'm going to put this in a, in a way that the simplest person here today, the youngest child, can understand. If you knew today that you walked out of that door and didn't take a certain thing with you. Let's say maybe you were on a, a, some sort of oxygen bottle or you had some kind of equipment that kept your heart running. If you knew today that you walked out of this building and left it here, that you was going to die before you hit your car out there, you'd make sure you had it with you, didn't you? Or let me put this in Christian terms because we ought to be concerned about somebody else sometimes. If you knew that one of your loved ones had forgot a piece of equipment like that and they was walking out the door, wouldn't you stop them? Wouldn't you say, hey, hang on a minute. Let me bring this to you because you need it. Now, put that in, in spiritual terms now. See, I like to make it simple, y'all. because I like to understand it. Put it in spiritual terms. Why in the world would you walk out of here without a vital piece of your equipment? Why in the world would you let those that you love die and go to hell without helping them? Without doing something for them? 
Why do we do that? I said we. Why do we do that? Because it's so much easier to just take care of us, ain't it? So much easier. God didn't call us to easy. God didn't call us to easy. See, if it was all about easy, you wouldn't have to receive the Holy Ghost. If it was all about easy, you wouldn't have to ask Jesus to come into your heart. It's not about easy, is it? It's about doing what, number one, you ought to do. Number two, God told you to do. He told you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. He told you to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He told you to wait until you're enabled, until you have power to do that. Now, I look at my own life. I look at, I look at the times that I have just set everything aside because I wanted to do something different. And you know, it ain't always because I want to go do something that's not related to God. Sometimes it's because Kevin wants to do things for God a certain way. But when I'm walking in the Spirit, and I'm being led by the Spirit, I do things the way God would have me to do them. Where is this going? Look, I'm going to challenge y'all. Every time I get a chance, I'm going to challenge you. Because there's only the only way you ever <clears throat> become stronger is to be challenged. I'm going to challenge you today. If you haven't received the Holy Spirit, I want you to examine your life and, and see your weaknesses and ask yourself a question. Could I have done that better if I had another source of power? And now those that, you, that have been, I want you to ask yourself a question. Am I using this gift that God gave me the way it ought to be used? Am I, am I taking advantage of this situation and using it to my fullest potential? Or did I kind of plateau? Look, y'all, the thing I've noticed... Hang on. The thing I've noticed in my own personal life, I'll just share with you. The thing I've noticed in my life is that I make these little jumps. And man, everything will be going along great. All of a sudden, God's moving and working in my life. And I get comfortable. I didn't necessarily slide back, but I just kind of level off. You ever watched a, a, a fast boat in the water? They'll gun it and take off. Man, that nose will come up, and they'll get up on plane. And after a while, they'll just kind of... They'll start slowing down. They'll just kind of level off and cruise. That's me. That's me in every aspect of my life. If I don't watch it, if I don't stay on myself, I'll level off. I think that's human nature. 
And I'm not trying to dismiss it, y'all. I'm not trying to not accept responsibility for it. It's my responsibility. My spiritual man has a responsibility to continue to strive. I told y'all about the race that Paul talked about. Always pressing toward the mark. Press, press, press toward the mark. I told y'all Jesus set the bar awful high. Why did He set it so high? Because number one, in your flesh, it's unattainable. But in the spirit man, hang on, in the spirit man, it's a different story. Y'all, you can live in the carnal. But I'm going to tell y'all what the Word says. It says that the carnal man, between the carnal man and God is enmity. I don't remember the exact wording of it, but that's the, the meaning. There's enmity. There's division. You're the enemy of God. You can't be friends with this world. Friendship with the world is in the enmity with God. Now listen, if you're going to live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit, you can't do that on your own power. You can't do it. It's not possible. The two do not work together. You have to be filled with the Spirit in order for you to walk in the Spirit. And I'm going to address a very difficult problem right now. The Word says that if you walk in the Spirit, you will not, listen, will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I'm going to tell you all today that one of the most serious problems that this church, not just this church, but the church of today is what I'm intending to say. The most difficult problems the church of today faces is lust of the flesh. And you can look at that a whole lot of different ways. It ain't just a sexual thing, y'all. That's a big part of it. But I'm telling you today, lust of the flesh is the church's downfall. It's, it goes throughout the congregation, throughout the, the ministers, the evangelists, missionaries. Wherever you want to look, you're going to find a problem called lust of the flesh. And I'm telling you right now, the reason why that is such a problem is because people are not walking in the Spirit. That's what that word said. If you walk in the Spirit... You will not. It didn't say you might not. It said you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I am just as guilty as anybody sitting here today. And I get on the other side and I say, why in the world did I let it go? Why in the world did I give up my victory? Why in the world did I let Satan tear the victory out of my hands when it was mine. Y'all ever tasted victory? I get a little taste every now and then. And man, I'm riding on cloud nine. I feel good. And I allow the lust of my flesh to come in and just steal it away. I ain't even going to blame Satan. I'm going to blame myself. My old nasty carnal flesh Because for whatever reason, I forget 
that it takes effort to walk in the Spirit. It doesn't just happen naturally. Otherwise, it would be called the natural. Right? See, these words aren't complicated. Sometimes we don't think about them the way they are intended to mean. It's called the natural because that's the way you naturally act. See, walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, requires total submission to God. It requires effort at every time you turn around. It requires waking up in the morning thinking on the things of God. And when those little thoughts come in, they'll come in. Y'all, don't think you're crazy or something's wrong with you because those thoughts come in because that's the natural way. You've got to squash them. How do you squash them? With the Word. It's your only weapon, right? I'm giving you all a Sunday school lesson today. That's your only weapon is the Word. The sword of the Spirit. Huh? What? Sword of the Spirit. Man, isn't it amazing how God tied all this stuff together? Ain't it amazing? It never ceases to amaze me how such a lofty concept is so simple when God put it in His Word. We were talking in Sunday school today and we went over that same scripture we've talked about quite a bit lately where Jesus said, You ask anything in my name and I will do it. There's a whole lot of y'all sitting here today. The reason why I know this is because I know how you are. I know how I am. There's a whole lot of y'all sitting here today wondering, Is it possible that God still moves like that? Look, I'm going to remind y'all some things. I've been listening to Acts, and I say listening because I've got it on audio track. I can listen to it as I'm driving. I've been listening to Acts all week. And I want to give y'all the real name of that book. It's the Acts of the Apostles. It's the things they did. The things they saw. I just want to remind you all of a few of them. See, there was this time when, when people just wanted to be about close enough by where Peter was going to walk so that maybe his shadow would fall on them. Power. Power. See, there was this time when a snake was going to bite Paul and it didn't hurt him. Poisonous. Didn't hurt him. Power. There was this time when Peter spoke and he said, I don't have any money to give you, but there's one thing I got. Rise up and walk. And healed him instantly. Power in the name of Jesus. Now I'm going to tell you all something. I, I do believe that those apostles had maybe a little extra something I don't know if we can quite get there or not. I don't really even care, y'all. That's not the point. I'm not looking for theatrics. I'm not looking for, for somebody to look at me and say, oh man, he's got as much as Paul had. I'm not concerned about that. But what I do, I just want a taste of it. Man, just whatever you can give me is good. 
I want to see God move and work. Y'all, listen, it, He is the same yesterday, today, forever. He doesn't change. That same power that was available to them is available now. Listen, before the Holy Ghost was poured out on everybody, back in the Old Testament, all of, oh man, you look back in there. Look back and see the mighty things God did through men as the Spirit would come upon them. Huh? If He did it then, why can't He still do it now? He can. He will. I want you to leave here today confident, knowing that there is a source of power there. And mighty thing, God wants to do mighty things through His people, but His people have gotten lazy. His people have gotten tied up with the world. They've lost their concern. Man, the day of Pentecost, y'all. When's the last time y'all read Acts? Hmm? I want y'all to understand something that God revealed to me this week. Acts is the last book that was recording something that happened. Everything else is letters that were sent. Acts is a record. When was the last time you read it and studied it? When was the last time you got in there and said, Man, I wish God would do something like that with me. I wish God would do something like that with His people today. You see, there is a group of people today, no matter how small it may be, that are desiring to see God move. And that's what it takes. See, the last time I read Acts chapter 2, it says those people were gathered together in the upper room. It said they were gathered together of one accord, praying. What were they praying for? They were praying for the promise that Jesus made to be fulfilled. Guys, there is nothing better than to see the promise of God fulfilled in your life. There is a whole lot of promises in that book. But if you don't know what they are, you've got nothing to look forward to. Nothing. But when you know the promise of God, you can say, okay, God, I'm waiting. I want to see something happen. Y'all need to get excited about God moving in your life. You need to get excited and start longing to see God touch you. See the Spirit of God come upon somebody. But we want to sit there and kind of... It's almost 12.15. He ought to be about done. Y'all, I know how it is. Man, you get in the flesh. Yeah, I'm going to make y'all hang on today. You get in the flesh. Look, have y'all ever been to a revival and that first night or two is just torture? Man, this is Monday night. I'm here at church again. God, I'm going to be obedient. Tuesday night comes around. Man, it's Tuesday night. Here we are again at church. And we still got the rest of the week. But all of a sudden, Wednesday night comes around and you started pushing through that flesh a little bit. You started kind of putting your foot on his neck and pushing him down and saying, hang on a minute. Why am I bothering to go if I ain't going to get something out of it? Huh? Why do y'all bother coming to church? Why? Do you come because you feel like you ought to? Or do you come expecting to receive 
something from God. You see, that's what we ought to be doing. Live expecting God to move. Man, I'm going to tell y'all, God wants to do something today. God wants to... I ain't talking about Sunday morning. I'm talking about in this time and age, God wants to pour His blessings out upon His people. He wants to move amongst His people when His people will get themselves straight. Get their other priorities out of the way. That's why I started out today telling y'all forget everything else. Because none of that other stuff is important right now. The thing that's important is that you focus on God. You focus on what Jesus did for you. Remember it. That's what the Lord suffers for. That you remember it. Man, think about this, y'all. Jesus rose from the dead. He rose from the dead. And listen, He wasn't just some ghost kind of fluttering around. He walked amongst His people. You know, the Bible records, I can't remember right now where it's at. It was Paul, though, he said that over 500, listen, 500 people saw Jesus after He rose from the dead. He sat and ate, physically sat and ate with His people. This wasn't just, oh, I think I saw Jesus. No, they sat and talked with Him, y'all. They sat and fellowshiped with Him. He was alive. A living body. They touched Him. They handled Him and held Him. Loved on Him. He was there with them. Ain't that amazing? When did you lose your excitement for Jesus? When did you lose your desire to just think on it? Man, remember the last time I talked about Jesus. Oh my goodness, what did He do? People just don't do that anymore. Because it's a whole lot easier just sit there and watch TV and watch it just bombard you. You don't have to think. You just look at it. Child, Jesus did some amazing things. And we gloss over it. Y'all ever looked at a table that somebody has covered with polyurethane? And they put it on thick. And you can see the wood underneath. And it'll have that much polyurethane, it looks like anyway, on top of it. And after you use that thing for a while, it starts getting scratches in it and kind of glazes over. That's how I feel like most of these people today are about Christianity. They've heard it all their life. And it's just just one more little story. And it just kind of glazes over. And they lose the importance of what God did when He sent His Son, His Holy Son, to die for us. Y'all listen. I'm telling you all of this today because I want to put just a little spark in you today. You know, you can start a fire with just a little spark. You get in there and kind of blow on it a little bit. A little smoke starts coming out. You know what smoke means? It means there's fire. I just want to put a little spark in you today. I want you to leave here thinking, 
you know what? It's been a long time since I thought on that stuff. I'm going to tell you all something. Those, those apostles and those disciples, man, they were on fire. Why were they on fire? Well, number one, they received the Holy Ghost and power from on high. That's what the Word says. Power from on high. But number two, it was so real to them because they were there. Y'all know how it is. If if God's ever done anything for you, it's real to you. I almost wrecked my car last year. And it was just... I had no control. All of a sudden, that thing was going sideways down the road and slid and slid and slid. And at any point, if it would have went off the road, I would have been going through a barbed wire fence. Except it held on for just the right second, spun around backwards the other way, and I coasted up a little hill and back down. Just as gentle and easy as you please. Now, you can't tell me. I don't care what kind of physical evidence. You may be some great scientist working at a university. I don't give a flip because I know God had control of my car. You can't tell me otherwise. And if you've ever had God move in your life, it's the same way for you. You can't be changed. That's how these apostles were. Except they seen a whole lot more. Now, I want you all to understand, there ain't no reason... Why it can't be like that for you? Ain't no reason other than yourself. See, that's the only thing that gets between you and God is you and what you allow in your life. What you don't allow too. Because see, there's a whole lot of people sitting here today. I ain't going to point at you. I ain't going to try to pick you out of the crowd. But you know who you are. You have quenched the Spirit moving in your life. You've said, no, that's for crazy people. You said, no, then people get up there and make a fool out of themselves. That ain't normal. You're right, it's not normal according to this world. But you know what? We're called to be peculiar. Amen. We're called to be different from this world. We're called to stand out in a crowd, y'all. Amen. See, Paul went around saying, hey, have you received the Holy Ghost? Amen. When's the last time you asked somebody that? When? Oh, let's just get way down where the rubber meets the road. When was the last time you asked somebody, are you saved? Hmm? If anybody in here wants to say recently, man, I'll give you a round of applause. I venture to say there's very few. Man, I'm ashamed. I sit there in front of people sometimes and just, like, God's telling me, talk to them. Talk to them. Come on. Talk to them. And I'm saying, no, not right now. God, come on. This is kind of weird. God, this ain't the right time. They're, they're talking to somebody else. I don't want to interrupt the conversation. It's a matter of life and death. And I'm sitting there not wanting to interrupt the conversation. Life and death, y'all. You, they may be standing there talking to somebody right now. They may walk out the door and get hit by a bulldozer. I don't know. It's life and death. Every second counts. Every second. And we don't want to interrupt the conversation. Now, does that make any sense to you? That makes absolutely no sense. That's foolishness. 
but we're deceived. We let Satan deceive us into thinking somehow that is more important than their salvation. I've seen people like that before. They just want to walk up to everybody. Do you know Jesus? And I sit and look at them. That guy has no tact. He's just not very polite. Put somebody on the spot like that. And the other person he asked, uh, uh, uh. you know why? Because they don't know. And because he may have just saved them. See, Jude talks about this. He said that some will be saved as if they were pulled out of the fire. Huh? See, some of us are fortunate enough to grow up in church and get good teaching to start with, and we got a wonderful home life, and we come and say, Oh, Jesus, forgive me of my sins and come into my heart. I'm not mocking this, y'all. That is a wonderful thing. But I want y'all to understand that the percentage of people that live like that is this much. Most people have terrible home lives, especially today. Most people don't have a mama and a daddy. Most people don't live a life where they are subjected to the Word of God every day. Most people live in utter chaos. And all they need is somebody to breathe the breath of life into them. All they need is somebody to say, Do you know Jesus? You, you would be surprised how many people would say, I don't even know if there is a Jesus. What are you talking about? Just like this guy said, I don't know if there is a Holy Ghost. They need life. They need life breathed into them and it will only come about by Jesus' hands moving and doing something for Him. We're His hands, y'all. You've got to have power, though. I'll tell you, you'll get out there and get beat down. I know it's getting late, y'all. Listen, you'll get out there and get beat down immediately. So, why Jesus told them, you wait until you receive power. Now, power is available. Power is available. 